If you enjoy this show, subscribe to youtube.com slash comic pop for even more deep dives into your favorite comics. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland, a mysterious, all-powerful character, but a crusader for law. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. And I'm Jason. Perfect. Nailed it. First yeah, I think, try. I, I think we got it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Jason, it's always a pleasure to have you. Uh, welcome to the show. I'm so excited because uh, you have something to share with all of us, and we all have something to share with you as well. Oh, okay. Talk about uh, some of the best sidekicks out there, because uh, that's, that's a subject that's near and dear to your heart and mine as well, I believe. Yes, I, a lot of people are saying in the comments that is there an echo? I don't know if there's an echo on me. There was or... an echo. I just killed it. Oh, there's a delay. Okay, screw them. All right. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, I promise it's all better now. All right, cool. Uh, yes, if this was the setup to talk about, uh, I have a new comic on Kickstarter. It's called Super Best Friend. And the whole idea of it is what if the world's greatest superhero had a best friend who live streamed all of his adventures, which is something very apropos to what Sal does, what I do, everything like that. And it's very inspired by my time at DCL Access. And yes, before you, before you ask, uh, uh, it was very inspired by Jimmy Olsen and Superman. It's hard <laughs> not to be. Um, I'm just not going to walk away from that. But um, um, you know, it, it, this is a this is a story that I came up with during my time at DCL Access. You know, and Captain Terrific is sort of a superhero character that originated back in college. I wrote a comedic one-act plays about a couple of superheroes, and Captain Terrific was a character that I used in that. And every single time I needed a Superman character in one of my stories, I would pull out Captain Terrific. And <laughs> when, I, when I was coming up with this idea for Super Best Friend, I invented... Maddie Moore first. I came up with the idea of Maddie Moore, this great sidekick, which is which is why I pitched the yeah. idea of like let's talk about best sidekicks. And I was thinking about, well, okay, Maddie Moore, he runs this channel called Super Best Friend. I, there's a lot I can put in there. I can talk about superhero fandom. I can talk about all this type of stuff. And instead of inviting or in creating a new superhero, I thought, why don't I use Captain Terrific? He's already around. Yeah. He's already established. So. I know there are some people out there that have read the 12 other people that have read the other Captain Terrific stories that exist. Uh, those are now Elseworld stories. <laughs> <laughs> Imaginary tales. Yes, they, they don't really work with Super Best Friend. Uh, uh, but uh, we have a lot of exciting uh, uh, tiers on there and all kinds of stuff like that. And we have some really cool variant covers if you want to if you want to check those out. Um, really couple. You want to you want to pop this up on the screen? Yeah, absolutely. Here we go. All right, so this is the project, everybody. But I want to—we're going to zip all down. Look at all that stuff. Oh, this, so just so everybody knows, this is Maddie Moore right here, and then this is Captain Terrific, the world's greatest superhero. Uh, and the big hook of the reveal, of course, which would happen if you were live streaming superheroes, which I think everybody would do—you would TikTok and live stream superheroes to death. Yep. But Maddie Moore accidentally live streams Captain Terrific's secret identity to the world. Right. And that sets off the entire story, and Maddie has to figure out. How do I fix this situation for my best friend? How do I fix this situation for somebody that I really hurt? And do I really want to live stream anymore? Do I want to do these things anymore since it hurt somebody I truly love? Um, now this is like you're gonna. This is a preview. This is the first six pages that you're seeing right here of the comic. You can read the first uh, six pages. Nice. But I really want to show you. Uh, so there's some of the villains right there. Um, I want to show you guys the variant cover. The first variant cover is by Travis Mercer who uh, has drawn for Red Hood and the Outlaws, and I love that he put a cat down there. Uh, <laughs> I like to think that that's my cat, Brego, right there. Yep. And then Sarah Levin, or Lever, excuse me, uh, who is Comicer Girl on uh, Instagram, did this very cool 
dialogue cover. Um, so, and I, I, she killed it. She did really well. I really wanted to do this dialogue cover and I love her Bruce Tim style there. So, uh, the whole campaign is designed. This is a 48 page comic book. This is act one of three acts. Uh, so the idea would, there would be, we do an issue two and an issue three and all of the funds for this campaign are to print the book and to raise funds for issue two. Ah. So. If Super Best Friend sounds like your kind of thing, come on over. Uh, I have Skype calls. I have all kinds of things. Uh, you can advertise on Geek History Lesson. There's lots of really cool rewards uh, for support. And, if, and, if, and I know times are tough out there. If you can't support, sharing on social media is just as important. That's true. Uh, I love that you have it pretty much. It's, it's The book is done. Yes. Uh, yeah, all for it. Well, it is First done. Issue. Well, George is coloring the last five pages right now. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, so yeah, it's not like uh, there's. It still will. It will drawn. be done before the campaign is over. Okay. Great. Yeah. 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 So that means yeah. you are getting the book, and so the proceeds are going to make sure that you can continue the story. Yeah. That's. Story. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I basically like there's no part of this campaign is actually coming back to me. It is all literally going to issue two to like pay George, to pay Taylor to keep going. And to make the book, I, I I made this as like you know I, I actually started writing Super Best Friend in 2018, and I kind of spent the last two years kind of writing it. And it wasn't until last year that I was like, well, maybe I should take this to Kickstarter. Maybe I should do this Kickstarter. And I decided to um, throw it to Kickstarter as simply as like I'm going to put it out there. If the audience is there, I'll continue it. If the audience is not there, then I'll go work on something else. Yeah. I love that because that's that demonstrates a true understanding of your environment, like reading the room. Mm -hmm. like, there's so many folks who are like, this thing didn't work that I created, but if I try it over here, if I do it over here, if I do it, it's like, dude, just move on to the next thing. Yeah. Like, you know, if there's a if, if the if it's true that the environment is right for that idea that didn't work out, it'll 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 come back around. But yes. like keep making something new if it's not working. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, yeah, I, I always you know, I weirdly, for some of the stuff we've made, I've operated on the Christopher Nolan model, where mm -hmm. it's the idea of like, you know, you you we did like Jupiter Jet, and then we did science, and then we did Jupiter Jet 2, and now I'm doing this. And so it's right. like, you know, you keep like varying it up, because you don't, yeah, you don't want to be tacked as like, I, I'm only the rocket pack man, you exactly. know, person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, or especially if the, if the, if, if Jupiter Jet did not work, or if yeah. it was not successful, yeah, yeah. like, oh, well, I'm, I'm still plugging away at Jupiter Jet, like, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and 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 we all there are certain people that you see at certain cons where you're like, mm, okay, there you it know? is again. It's been twenty years, and yeah. I and I still see yourself published. Well, it's and I think I've even mentioned it on this podcast before. Robert Kirkman, and I got that from Robert. Kirk, Robert Kirkman has always said, "Why would you write issue two if issue one didn't sell?" That's fair. I yeah. never knew that. I didn't hear yeah. that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, because that's the reason why there's uh, he has some book that's somewhere around in Battle Pope time that he only did one issue of, and I remember he was on a podcast and the. And the host asked him, why didn't you make more of those? And he was like, because nobody fucking bought it. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Can't argue with that. I mean, like, and, and that, that's, that demonstrates a real understanding of, like, the industry. And, 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 and it's better for your mental, your mental health. Yeah. Just yeah, move yeah. on. Let it go. <laughs> but uh, there's, there's a sidekick I wanted to bring up. Sure. Because I never really, like, cared about them when they were a sidekick, but they're a they're a beloved character today and they may be better as a hero than a, like as, as a premier hero than a sidekick okay wally, wally west yes i mean especially if you're considering the mark wade run yes yeah 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 
Like, yeah, I don't view him as a sidekick anymore. I mean, I still view him as the Flash. Right. Yeah, yeah. he's the Flash. Yeah. Uh, but he wouldn't exist. Like, he wouldn't be the Flash if he weren't Kid Flash. If he yeah. weren't Wally West. And obviously, we're gonna couch for me Nightwing, who is Absolutely. my favorite comic book character of all time, who is probably the ultimate sidekick. But like, I don't view him as a sidekick anymore. No, no, no. But you know, it's funny. I, as a Bat fan. I can never forget Robin. Yeah, no, and, no. I I think all look. If you were to objective, objectively say who is the best sidekick in all comic books, I think it's objectively just Robin. It's, it's all Robin. of them, and it's yeah. all of them. Robin is like the avatar for sidekicks, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? He's the avatar for um, the comic book audiences. Like That's he's true. us. That's the whole yeah. reason they in, they invited him. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's it's so interesting because like. You know, sidekicks, when you think about, like, Jimmy Olsen, right, and, and sidekicks like that, uh, um, sidekicks are either, like, the really dumb character right. or they're amazing. Yeah. 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 I, I, it's funny. As a kid, I remember finding sidekicks to be frustrating. Like, mm -hmm. I enjoyed them, but I also found them to be, like, pandering. Mm -hmm. You know, like... I don't want to be the kid hanging out with Batman. I want to be Batman. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just found that like, but, but as I got more into the fandom, like when I got into comics, I was like, ugh, Robin, pff, lame. I think everybody does. But you know what I think that is? I think that's the Batman 66 show. Yes. Except, except I liked Robin more out of anyone in that show. Mm, I don't know why, but I really responded to Robin. Uh, <laughs> okay, All I right. love the costume. I love the the attitude. I thought he was like, mm. and uh, and it was more exciting, of course, in Batman the animated series when they were like, okay, Robin's being introduced in the show. He's like twenty six. Mm. <laughs> like he's an adult. Yeah, yeah, he's already in college. Yeah, but I think yeah. that was the right choice because, it, it, look, if we ever get a Robin in a live action Batman movie. Like if they, with this Matt Reeves, if they ever chose Robin, it's going to be yeah. one of two things. Although with how young they're making Batman, I doubt it's going to be this. For me, I'm like, it's either going to be, he has a son, it's Damien. Right. Or um, I think they're going to do Dick Grayson, but I think the youngest you'll ever see Dick Grayson is 16. Yeah. Yeah. Like absolutely. he has to be able to drive the car. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, otherwise, I, it's child endangerment. Right. And, and, and that's the thing is he, ne like, are they worried about that anymore? Like, are they worried about the kid thing? Because if it's Damien, he has to be young. Yes. Well, that's, that's, but see, that's the way I think you can get around it. If, if his son, like, because he if it's, do whatever if he wants it, with his son. Yeah, exactly. If it's a blood relation, I think people are like, well, that's just a bad dad. But right. if it's, if it's random orphan, I think people are like, who is this weirdo? Right. <laughs> what have he done? He's a kidnapper. Like, yeah, he's yeah. making these kids smell poisons. Like, right. who, who is this freak? <laughs> that's true. Yeah, because that's the that's the thing that I've always thought about. And I, I joke about this with uh, Ashley all the time around the house where I'm like, you know, think about the training of Robin. Like you're a 12 year old kid and Batman's like constantly like putting a bottle in front of your face. And he's like, guess it before you fall out. Guess right. it before you pass out. And you're like arsenic. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like. That isn't even arguable at this point. That's child abuse. <laughs> it is. The training of all the Robins is ver is literally child abuse. There is yeah. no way around it. <laughs> yeah. Although I will say, uh, one of my my favorite Robin, Tim Drake, uh, has 
had, I think, one of the easier times out of all of them because agree. he would like. I don't think he ever really got trained by Batman. Like he figured out who he was. Mm-hmm. He fights Scarecrow. He gets the costume, mm-hmm. and then he leaves. And he is trained by other people in his solo series. Yeah. And when he comes back, he's Robin and ready to go. No, oh, yeah. Dick, I mean, Dick definitely had the roughest time. Oh, oh, yeah. Because yeah, I also believe that, like, well, one, he was the first. And then second was, you know, I, I in my headcanon, I think Dick was Robin the longest. Mm, yeah. Like, definitely. I think he, like, he, he was in this, the pixie boots longer than any other Robin. Absolutely. Yeah. You well, know? he had, because how old do you think Robin, how do you think Dick started? I mean, I don't know. I like to think that Dick was maybe eight or ten. Like, I like the idea that Dick was the same age that Bruce was when his parents died. Yeah. And yeah. then all the rest of the Robins were, with the exception of Damien, were older when they yes. met. Yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right. I think at least... I want to say that he gets Dick Grayson around age eight. Yeah. But I want to say he doesn't actually start being Robin until at least ten. Yeah, and then I, I'm of the big opinion that I, I think that Dick stays Robin into college. So yeah. I, I think it's, he's like 20 or 21 before he tells Batman F off and puts on the Nightwing suit. Yeah, so he's Robin for like 11 years. Yeah. In in comics, Tom. Yeah. yeah which in, is like 50 years in regular time. Well, yeah, and think about it. Yeah, he's going to – I mean, I think we're pretty close. Damien, I think, has been around since 2008, 2000 yeah. – no, 2006, I think. Um, right. So we're we're getting pretty close to the point where Damien will have been the second longest Robin. Yes. Yeah. You know. That's true. Um, no. So yeah, it's so crazy. Um, I want to bring up another one that's a favorite of mine. Yeah. That is not somebody that I think is really a psychic is um, Rocket from Icon. Oh yeah. The Milestone Universe because she takes over so much of the book that she's almost a main character of the book and she's the reason why he becomes a superhero and does all this stuff. I think um, that book is a secret rocket book. It, it, I think she is icon. Like towards the end, they're like, "You're mm-hmm. icon." Yeah, it's, it's like, she's she's really good. It's one that's one of the best books that I've been like. How has that not been adapted? How has there not been like anywhere? You know, I think it's only legal. Like the only reason why they didn't do yeah. anything with it is because of legal. Like otherwise, it would have been twice over. Yeah, because they keep talking about like bringing it back. But I think icon yeah. is a, a, a big. I saw somebody in the chat. I want to talk about. What what are your thoughts on Snapper Char? Uh, <laughs> excuse me, Snapper Char, Snapper Car. I, I don't. I, I literally okay. So like, I only I remember being introduced to Snapper Car through the Justice League cartoon show. Is he in that? He he used to be. Oh, he's the reporter. He was like the Greek chorus for the oh, show. Oh yeah. Season, and then they were like, "Get the hell out of here!" <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. And I and I was like, Snapper Car. That has to be a character. Look him up. Yeah, yeah. he's been. He's a staple. And I'm like, oh okay. I've just never read a book with him in it. Uh, I I didn't I didn't like him until uh, Mark Wade did this like sort of retconny origin of the Justice League called JLA Year One. It is yeah. so great. It is in my head canon. And in that, Snapper is like the engineer of Happy Harbor. So he is like this 18-year-old kid that's really good with machines. Yep. And his uncle is the fun, the secret funder of the Justice League. And so like Snapper fixes all their stuff. Oh, cool. And so with that, like, and he's just like this weird kid, and they just like whenever he does something cool, he goes, which is the reason, <laughs> which is the reason why he's called Snapper. Call Snapper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. I, yeah, so he's like the team's sidekick. Yes, yeah. He's sort of the Rick Jones of the DC Universe, really. Yes, that's cool. That's yeah. actually a cool distinction. Is Rick Jones a sidekick? I think 100%. But, you know, you know. okay. I want to ask you, do you like Rick Jones? No. <laughs> I don't I don't either. The only time I like I like Rick Jones was that run uh, that Peter David run Peter where David he was run. also Captain Marvel. Yeah. Cuz yeah. otherwise I was like who is this kid that keeps sneaking his nose into superhero business? Right. Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> like Rick the Hulk only exists because you were an idiot. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Uh you you are an inconvenience for Captain Marvel when you need to switch places. Yeah. Yeah. But then he was also Bucky for a while. Like he ran, like so, like he he causes the Hulk, and then he immediately runs to New York and like knocks on Captain America's door. Is like, can I be your sidekick? And Steve's yeah. like, I, I guess, right? <laughs> and then that brings up significant trauma for Steve. He puts but he puts the Bucky suit on Rick. He yeah. freaks out. Like Rick freaks out. You know, Bendis tried to retcon it where like Rick Jones is like Steve tried to get over his trauma by putting me in a dead boy's costume, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, no, you did that. Yeah, <laughs> that no, Rick, you. I, I don't like Rick Jones, and I've actually been very happy that he has not been introduced into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> I am so glad. I I don't even know where the hell he'd go. You I don't know, know I, either. I think that like Rick Jones is one of those like through lines in the Marvel Universe where it's like he always pops up. He's a bad, he's the bad penny of the Marvel Universe. The only good Rick Jones storyline to me is Avengers Forever, that Kurt Busiek run where it's like, but it's like future Rick Jones is like yeah. telling the story of the Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a I don't remember what kind of issue it was, but there was a one-page story where it's like Rick Jones, he's old, he has Betty's ashes in an urn, and it's like his his room, it's Peter David, obviously. And I so, think that's the final issue of Peter David's it? Hulk run, yeah. Okay, because mm -hmm. it's just it's basically just like a one-panel story because mm -hmm. there's like this this orgy of evidence of what happened to everyone in his like room, in his like living room. And he's in a wheelchair. He's in a wheelchair yeah. about being in love with Betty mm. and like all this crazy stuff. And it's like, that's a really cool story that distills Rick Jones and kind of like wraps him up. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 Rick Jones wants, the problem is Rick Jones wants to be the sidekick of the Avengers. Yeah. He, you know, he's, he insists upon himself. He's overzealous. Mm -hmm. He's way too overzealous. And you're just like, whoa, slow your roll here, Rick. Chill out. Like, that's what I feel like every Marvel superhero in, the, in that universe would be, would be like. like. They'd geez. be they, yeah, like in, in secret, they'd be like, that Rick kid found us again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who gave Rick an Avengers card? Yeah. And you, and you got to, and look, one, I don't buy for a million years that classic Jarvis would put have put up with Rick at all. I think he would throw him out of Avengers Mansion. And two, if you think about the 70s and the 80s, it would be dangerous to have Rick around because here's this young kid, and you're telling me that drunk Tony Stark wouldn't get that kid sloshed? Oh, my God, yeah. Hey, look, a regular person. Hooray. Yeah, no. Not only that, but, like... Rick... Have a schnapps, kid. <laughs> Rick, Rick insisting on himself so much. like, And then later cries victim where he's like oh man like all i wanted to do was get into my music and the avengers kept rope me and all these things. i'm like man <laughs> i don't remember that oh, he was yeah. a rocker for a while oh yeah no he was he no he was no no band would play would, would play with him he was just he was a solo act he grabbed <laughs> they wouldn't car. play because the masters of evil were going to show up every second and destroy the concert venue exactly <laughs> oh no by the time he started his music career no one even knew his name so he would just he just left Captain Marvel in limbo and tried to start a music career. Just would like go to clubs and play and be like, I used to be Captain America's sidekick. And people were like, get off, boo. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Get off the stage. Screw Rick Jones. That, that This has become the Rich, the Rick Jones bash cast. <laughs> and Stanley, Marvel loves uh, to make their characters rockers because there's always like, when a new writer comes on to Fantastic Four, they always do the Johnny Storms in a band storyline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only even, time... even Jonathan Hickman did it. And I love the Jonathan Hickman Fantastic Four run. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, man, the only time that Johnny Storm belongs in a band is if he's singing the Flame On song from that 90s cartoon. Oh, boy. I don't even remember that oh, song. Oh, don't man. Don't worry about it. It's the worst thing ever. I, uh, you, you know. Turn inside out. If you <laughs> Fun tangent for you. Um. When Disney Plus first launched, I tried to rewatch the 90s Fantastic Four cartoon. I couldn't even finish one episode. Couldn't oh, do it. Couldn't do it. It's rough. Yeah. I don't remember who it was, but somebody, it might have been Burn, but I don't think it is, put the, sh- it was whoever was working on Fantastic Four at the time. Mm-hmm. Been, I don't know who was writing it at the time, but they put it in the comic where like Ben is watching the cartoon and he's like, this show sucks. I think that was Mark Wade. I think it was. I think, I think it was right. Mark Wade and Mark and Mike Waringo. I think I yeah. think I remember that. Yeah, because it really. Yeah. By the <laughs> way, I do like that show when it came back, like the second season when they changed when they completely redid the animation style and when they redid the. Oh, thing. is it better in the second season? I think it is. Okay. Uh, because the first one, it's like it's very hokey. It's very like kind of Stanley, but like the animation's really cheap, and the mm-hmm. the, the theme song is. Is an earworm that'll destroy you. Yes, it is. Is that the one where it's like Reed Richards is elastic? Yeah, and Sue can go away. Like, because literally they describe everybody, and Sue's description in the lyrics is Sue can fade from sight. Yes. Like, that sucks. <laughs> if, if if there's ever if there's ever been an, uh, a theme song written by the patriarchy, that is it. <laughs> right. No, the the second season theme song is just an instrumental. Yeah, and it's so powerful. Like I kind of love it. It's for me. It's like the X Men animated series theme. Like it's that good. That's a good one. It's I mean, just, I even like the Spider Man '90s theme as well. I think it's pretty. Oh, the one where he just says Spider Man over and over. Yeah, yeah, Spider Man. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I I remember that song got me so hyped every morning. I'm like, yeah. yes. Yeah, me too. Me yeah. too, man. Oh and then boy. I'd be like, oh, they're reusing the animation again. <laughs> I, I, I've been on record. I really I, I, that show did not age well. Uh, but anyway, there's still on. some good episodes in there. But yeah, there are. Yes, uh, I saw somebody in the chat um, talked about Alpha, which is that Dan Slot character. I think he was being facetious, but yeah, let's talk. Yeah, about uh, <laughs> I feel bad because Slot has done a lot of things that warrant uh, criticism. But I think that when he, because he he he's a he is such a Marvelite, like he is a he is a carnival barker, he's a huckster, he is yeah. trying to sell books. And when he pitched Alpha to the audience, he was like, best new character of the year. Oh, were you at this panel or? or... No, I'm just saying in general, like oh, okay. I remember him like talking about it online, uh, you know, in person. And I think he was doing it like as a joke because he mm. knew how much Alpha sucked. Because there's nothing in the story that warrants Alpha's like accolades, right? He's just, yeah, he's terrible. He has nebulously powerful abilities. His costume is not great either. His costume's not great. Yeah. It's just kind of lame. Mm-hmm. And and he sucks. And I think he's like, yeah, no, I know, but he thinks he's great, and that's why I'm selling. I'm selling it from his perspective. Yeah. Um, there, but, see, oh, it's so interesting because when you think about Al- Alpha, um, Alpha, if you would have treated him like Miles Morales, would have oh. been the greatest character ever. Right, because you, the, to me, I always felt the problem with Alpha was it was like 
you you don't read a Spider-Man story to watch Spider-Man teach a Superman analog how to act. Nope. And and, and but if that kid had Spider-Man's powers, yeah. Then I think it would have worked or some sort of animal-like powers cuz to me I always think everything Spider-Man is like animalistic. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I was talking about this with somebody the other day. We were talking about how funny it is that, like, whenever anybody says, like, Spider Man's natural enemies are always animals, like the rhino and the goblin. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> that's like saying your favorite dinosaur is a dragon. Well, hey, ever, hey goblins are real, man, especially in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, moving on. Uh, Kevin Kruger says, uh, would Madcap in Deadpool's head be a sidekick? And is Lockheed the dragon a sidekick? Lockheed is definitely a sidekick, I think. Is he? I think he's like one of those like animal sidekicks. You know, like... like well, that's fair. I mean, but but I mean... Slimer. Is Slimer a sidekick or is he a butt monkey? <laughs> What's the technical <laughs> term for a butt monkey? It's a TV trope. Hang on. I'll look it up. Is it a TV trope? I, I've never heard it before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here we go. Uh, the character who always is the butt of the demeaning joke or put them through hell plot line. No, I'm sorry. That's, yeah, no. Slimer, is, Slimer is a butt monkey then, yeah. by those terms. Uh, Lockheed, but Lockheed talks. Yes. And Lockheed true. technically is not a, a pet. He's actually an alien. Right. <laughs> uh, I know, I know, I know. Um... But uh, um, Madcap, I don't know enough about Madcap. Madcap uh, was a character who like got doppled into Deadpool's head. I don't really see him as a sidekick so much. As I see him as like a plot device slash like supporting character. See, the- I see Blind Al as Deadpool's sidekick. Yeah, or, or even uh, Siren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, know? definitely Siren. Yeah, yeah. Poor Siren. Yeah. Um, he also mentions uh, Snapper Car is the worst. Yep, that's true. <laughs> We all agree. Uh, Robert Kaur, any creators that use the sidekick the best way to you? I mean, you mentioned that great Rick Jones, Peter David story, which right. I think is possibly the best. It's either that or Avengers Forever is like the best Rick Jones story ever. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Robin Year One, again, we keep going back to Robin because you cannot beat Robin as the best sidekick. Uh, no. Robin Year One is a fantastic storyline. Mm-hmm. You know who I'll say? Uh, did a great job with the sidekick concept. Uh, ben Edlund with Arthur and the Tick. Oh, great pull. Arthur uh, is a great sidekick. Arthur's a great sidekick. Yeah. Arthur's the hero because he's like, yep. he's, he formulates plans. He knows what's going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he He's great. Uh, but And Arthur's a great, like, he's a great, I don't know, avatar for... Uh, sidekicks because like he represents every like the here he he's the second banana yeah he's relegated to the back he's happy to be there does not want the limelight um that's that's really cool like he, I, but Arthur yeah. is a great choice you know it's so funny uh, uh so I, I'm consulting a list over here and there yeah, is yeah. a character in here um that I would not consider a sidekick but I cannot remember the writer in the 80s it's not Bob Layton and um the Iron Man writer that gave Rhodey the Iron Man armor. Oh. They, I don't know if I would consider War Machine a sidekick, but like he definitely started as a sidekick. And and War Machine is like one of my favorite Marvel characters of all time. And, there you have it. And uh, the creator that decided, God, what was his name? It was it, not David Michelinie. No, it's not. Yeah, but um, Because Michelinie invented Rhodes and has been on record in saying he hates that they put I, him in an Iron Man suit. I'm going to do... Yeah, because no, it's the it's because it's it's that classic cover, and then they made it shiny, and it's the yeah. first time you see the War Machine armor. 
I'm gonna try to do. We gotta. I, I'm gonna Google this real quick. All right, cool. If you uh, wanna do, I, I'm gonna figure yeah. out. We need to name check this creator. True, true. Because whoever thought, ah, screw it, just put him in an Iron Man suit, whether Michelini liked that idea or not, it it works. You know what? Like that guy, hopefully, is getting royalties. Iron Man 282. All right, we're gonna narrow it down. Here we go. All right, who is who <laughs> wrote way, uh, who wrote Iron Man 282? CK says, "Here's a fiver from me and my wife. A question: How was your day? Regardless, may it be okay." Uh, to great loves. Well, thank you, CK. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. And Len Kaminsky. Len Kaminsky. Len Kaminsky is the person who put Rhodey in the War Machine armor. I think I've seen his name in the credits. Yeah, he did a big long run. Um, he actually was the writer when I first started reading Iron Man. Oh no, kidding. So, yeah. I am. I am less familiar with Kaminsky's run than Michelinie's, and it's mm -hmm. funny because when I was a kid, I never really liked Iron Man. I didn't read Iron Man. Yeah, I had Iron Man books. They were always given to me by people who were like, "Here's some Iron Man books. I hate this book." And uh, I grew up reading Spider Man, which was, of course, being written by David Michelinie. So mm. when I go back, when I do a back issues on an Iron Man book, it is invariably a Michelinie book, and I invariably love it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because I'm like, I know this writing. Like, mm -hmm. it feels so similar and yet completely different. Like, <laughs> I know the beats. I know the tropes. I know, like, how these characters are going to react. And I think it's just all due to that that writer. And I'm like, well, Len, Kazmi Len Kazminsky's run is also responsible for the... Um, it's, I don't know if it's called the modular armor, but it's the Iron Man armor that you see in the cartoon, the 90s cartoon. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Mm. I don't know what you'd call that, but it's the one you see... For, yeah, the... It's where Iron Man has pants for the first time. Yeah, that's right. Man, mm. that armor... I remember when they. I remember when that armor debuted and how like cool it looked, and yet how incredibly dated it became mm. shortly thereafter. Apparently, everybody's talking about the Denny O'Neill put uh, Rhodey in the regular really? Iron Man armor. Hmm. All right, sure. Well, fair enough. Well, okay. So if you, I'm looking at this is like from Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. Apparently, James Rhodes went into the Iron Man armor in May of 1983 and 170, ah. but he didn't become. War Machine until 92. Okay, okay. Yeah, because Rhodey took over for Stark during, yeah. like, the, the, the end yeah, of the man, 80s. Yeah, I've, man, I've said this for years. When I first started reading Iron Man, he was Rhodey was, <laughs> was Iron Man. And so, like, when Tony Stark showed up, because Tony Stark was believed dead at the time. So yeah. when Tony Stark showed back up, I was like, who the hell is this Tony Stark dude? <laughs> no, one of my first Marvel comics was, like, Secret Wars. And I remember... Yeah. Yeah, and, and Rhodey is the Iron Man in Secret Wars. And he's keeping it a secret. And, like, you see, like, there's a black guy under there. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know Iron Man was yeah. a black guy. And then it's like, oh, no. Like, yeah, he is. <laughs> they do that They do that in a lot of West Coast Avengers as well, where he's, like, he's like trying to act like he is the Tony Stark Iron Man. Yep. yep. And they're all like, you sound weird, Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, you're stupid. In, in the 70s and 80s, the Avengers were very stupid. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean the books were bad. I mean that they were very dumb. I just picked yeah. Avengers 200 for a special we're going to do hopefully in the future. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I'm like, they are really stupid. Like, that's the issue where Carol uh, is impregnated and then gives birth to her alien lover. Oh, boy. Yes, I remember that. And then leaves with him. And I'm like, woof. What do you um? What do you consider? Would you consider Jubilee a sidekick? Totally. Okay. She was not only Wolverine sidekick, but she was more or less the X Men sidekick. Yeah. I I, I okay. So I don't like Jubilee. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I do like Jubilee. All right, then. Pit, then because yeah. I had a crush on her when I was a kid. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, she fought Robin in DC versus Marvel. I know, and then they <laughs> made out with him on a gondola. Yes, uh, that's true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I always felt bad for Jubilee because like. She she really 
She represented who, you know, the audience was perceived to be by mm -hmm. 50-year-old men uh, at the time. And she was, she she had this, like, earnestness about her. This, like, this kind of, like, 90s, uh, like, Generation X, who cares, but I desperately do kind of attitude. Mm -hmm. um, I I only remember Jubilee stories through the lens of her being Wolverine's sidekick. Yes. I don't remember her doing, like, anything with the X-Men, like, at mm -hmm. all. And uh, yeah, I yeah. And I know they've tried to do. I also I don't like where they've taken the character. Like there was some writer that turned her into a vampire. She was a vampire for like a yeah. lot longer than she should have been. Yeah, and then she had a kid for a while, and, and I think she still kid. has the kid. Yep, the kid turns into a dragon in other world. So like that's a thing. What? Yeah, well, when you're in other world, it's like a magical place, and like you know, pixies like children, and the pixies like gave shogo uh an opportunity like basically the child becomes whatever it wants and in another world it wants to be a dragon all right so okay yeah. but right. jubilee is basically just like a concerned single mother now which like ain't what she was but i guess yeah you know whatever well like, i get it because you can't that that's been the other problem with modern comics right like we had we had dick grayson as basically 15 for 50 years right <laughs> <laughs> and and ever since we aged in the nightwing so that was like 1983 since then you know i mean every sidekick ages up like yep. like we can't comics no longer especially modern writers they don't want to leave these characters in the the simpsons bubble anymore nope. and jubilee i think is one of these characters that should have stayed in the do the Simpsons bottle like I kind of still think she should still be a teenager yeah it's funny because Jubilee of course was the 90s Kitty Pride where it's like yeah Kitty was the new hotness she became Wolverine's sidekick mm -hmm. and then the 80s ended Jubilee became the new young sidekick of the X-Men Kitty became like an adult and, and then it was armor, and then it was X twenty three, and yeah, armor, and like I, I think by armor, no one, no one cared enough to yeah. buy and do that anymore. I think a lot of people were probably like me, where I was like, why does Wolverine have a sidekick? <laughs> why is this a thing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> why does Wolverine like get young girls to hang out with him constantly? And and underage, we let's say that properly. Underage under girls, like that, girls, <laughs> a little bizarre. And by a little, I mean really inappropriate. And this is, and it's almost you get into the weird Edward Cullen uh, uh, Twilight thing because Wolverine is 150 years old. Right. At the very, <laughs> he is a Civil War veteran. <laughs> yeah, I, I will give the creators this. At least none of them developed a crush on him. That's true. Like the That's only true. time it happens is in the movie, and it's mm. rogue. <laughs> yeah. So fine. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> that's true. I had a good point where he was like, are there any Marvel sidekicks? Sure, Bucky, but that's early. Maybe sidekicks are got golden age phenomenon, Miles Kamala. They're not sidekicks. No, they're not sidekicks. Um, yeah, you know, well, they are because uh, Stan Lee is like 100%. He doesn't like sidekicks. He also doesn't he doesn't like legacy characters, which is um, and I do, which is why right. I think I, I, I reason why I think I lean DC more than Marvel. Um, uh, you know, one one that a lot, I think a lot of people wouldn't think about is definitely a sidekick is Wong. Right. From Doctor Strange. Yeah. Yeah. And I he's still around. Sidekick. I always consider Wong to be like an Alfred. Uh sure, but I mean I guess that's the argument. Would you consider Alfred to be a sidekick? Right? No. I think I consider Alfred to be like a supporting character. I agree because because if Alfred's a sidekick then that means that Perry White is a sidekick and Perry White is not a sidekick. Orbis is also a sidekick. <laughs> yeah. And um, J.J. Jameson is a sidekick. Like no. 
I see. I guess I would consider them to be a psychic if they fight in a battle with them. And yeah. Wong definitely does. That's fair. That's fair. That's a good you point. Know. But doesn't Alfred also like at the computer and, uh, you know, he's he's uh, to me, there's a difference between a, a psychic and, a, and the person in the chair. Like I, I would call Alfred support staff weirdly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Um, it, as far as Marvel goes and sidekicks is Falcon or was Falcon a sidekick? Yes, I do. Th he was. I don't think he is now. No way. But I yeah. think he was. Um, I mean, it's it's so the other argument is like Foggy Nelson, right? Yeah, I don't know if I would consider Foggy Nelson the sidekick of Daredevil. No, because he's never put on a costume and fought. Like Blind Spot is more of a sidekick to Daredevil. Yes, yes. Um, you know, well, Captain America has lots of sidekicks. Then, yeah, he has sidekicks all over the place. Yeah, God, there was a there was a female sidekick in the '90s that I'm trying to remember. Mm -hmm. There's a. Uh, um... Oh God! Uh, well, D-Man was with Captain America for a long time. Yep. Um, and then uh, 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 there's Jack Flag was with Captain America for a long time. Union Jack was with Captain America for a long time. Yeah. Um, there's that. Yeah, there's that female. It's not Liberty Bell because that's DC. There's somebody yeah. like her in the Marvel universe that was. Um, in a lot of ways, I would consider Agent Thirteen Captain yeah. America sidekick. Totally. Yeah. 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 And I'm not thinking of Ricky Barnes. It's mainly Captain America, it seems to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, it's funny. Captain America is like one of the few golden age Marvel characters. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Saint but Lee no, there's not a lot of Marvel ones now. No. Well, yeah, and, yeah. And I think it's just it just demonstrates the fundamental difference between the two publishing houses and mm -hmm. their origins. Sorry to interrupt your super chat. No, not at all. Uh, super mm -hmm. Lucia says, uh, I think Tim gets the worst of it because Batman doesn't want to make that mistake twice. I think he gets the best of it. I think it's like, yeah. Tim's funny because I think that each of them is a great allegory for parenting. And I think through the lens of my own experience, parenting by boomers, where it's like with the first one, they put all their effort into the first one. Yeah. The second one, they put none of the effort into the third one, into the second one. But then that second one got on like drugs and stuff. Yeah. I say that I mean like he got beaten to death with a crowbar blown up. And he became but, a supervillain. Right. <laughs> the third one, he's overprotective to make sure the second one doesn't influence him like so yep. the third one over protection you get pants and boots the fourth one that's well that one's my son yeah <laughs> you know i and i and i'm sorry stephanie brown fans when i i, I didn't i i didn't mean to, to marginalize her but uh but she look just, look i thought she looked great in the costume yep that was a cool design um but she was robbing for three days three days we, <laughs> we knew robin looked better on a girl in 86 thank yeah. you frank miller <laughs> yeah yeah uh, alberto ugalde says isn't it weird that dc is more sidekick centric out of the big two but marvel's the one that doesn't have a hard reboot that erases most sidekicks that is funny that is fair that is very fair and what's, what's also funny is that in the movies there is more of an opportunity to have legacy characters because yes. characters will have to age and leave. And if they want to keep that narrative going. Yeah. Oh, no, that's that is going to be an interesting thing that the MCU is basically going to have uh, uh, legacy characters, whereas the comic books do not. Right. <laughs> I mean, at, at least there are at least Marvel was never afraid to create mm -hmm. replacement young characters. Like there's no shortage of young characters that marvel created that like could possibly yeah and well, especially in the last 10 years i mean just think about i mean ironheart yes you know uh, getting a show everybody in the champions basically yep yep absolutely uh as far as yeah uh there isn't a lot from marvel that i can really point to 
Uh, although I think you nailed the big ones, uh, War Machine and I, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna look through this list and see if there are any independent ones I can think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, Arthur was a good pull. I mean, Jughead. Right, Jughead is Jughead a sidekick? The uh, the internet says yes. I I think I thought he was one, mm-hmm. but like Jughead does get his own digest and mm. he has his own agency. That's the thing is that Jughead, he runs the Time Police. <clears throat> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Jughead, for me, Jughead does not take his P's and Q's from Archie. Like, right. he rolls with Archie, mm. but if Archie's like, we'll go left, and Archie wants to go right, he's going right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I think you're very fair. I mean, there's young Marvel Man and Kid Marvel Man, but they're very Marvel based Man. on Shazam, so. What about the Shazam family? Are they sidekicks, or are they like a family at this point? I think they're sidekicks. Uh-huh. I think they're sidekicks. <laughs> I think you're uh, right. Now, here's two of the most important ones. Mm-hmm. Ready? Yeah. Marcy for Peppermint Patty. Definitely a sidekick. <laughs> and also the this I this I think moves up. This is definitely in the top five of sidekicks. Mm-hmm. Woodstock for Snoopy. Totally. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Woodstock is absolutely a sidekick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he might be he's easily in the top five. <laughs> oh. <laughs> in terms of pop culture sidekicks, absolutely. Yeah. If we're just gonna pull random old school or or esoteric references why not how about this bone fans ted the bug for phone bone yep literally off the top of my head i'm like didn't bone have a psychic yes he did ted the bug <laughs> ted the bug man i I consider ted the bug I, it's so funny because i was trying to think about some of the image ones but i was like i don't think any of the image ones really have a psychic oh um a kid uh kid omni man oh yes yeah 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 from invincible mm-hmm. yeah mark's brother uh, uh, I think that the Max is Julie's sidekick. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Uh, would you count uh, the throne of scroll, uh, the throne of skulls for Spawn? You see, or if- or in M sixteen. Right, right. <laughs> One or the other. His cape, maybe. Oh, you're probably right. It's probably his cape <laughs> because, because it's so selective, you know. Yeah, uh, and and it, it jockeys for it jockeys for attention in every. Yes. That is true. Uh, I'm still waiting on those Kickstarter action figures, man. I'm. Uh, Did you get your update where it's like, yeah, they're still sitting in port? Hey, as as somebody who fulfilled a Kickstarter last year in 2020 during COVID and also had uh, our stuff delayed three times, I am totally on Todd's side. Um, <laughs> look, too. we're lucky that we're lucky that we're getting going to get them in 2021. To be honest right. with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn. I do want my my toy though. I can't wait. I. I, I I've seen some, I've seen the pictures, which has made me be like, oh boy, that's gonna look well, great. Seeing those great updates from Todd, where he's like, oh man, here we go. Okay, so here's the toy, yep. and I'm like, his his enthusiasm is infectious. Yep. Yeah, I want him to do uh, like weird tangent. I want him to do another one. I really want him to do Medieval Spawn next. Oh, I think that's absolutely what he's yep. gonna do next. Mm. Uh, not only will we get one because of how successful it was, but I think it will absolutely be Medieval Spawn. Yep. I wanted Violator. Oh, interesting. I think he's going to stick with the title characters, like the some version of Spawns for a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's... But Violator would be a really cool figure, yes. I want to see that, especially yeah. because we kind of got gypped on the last one back in 93 or whatever, because it was just a <laughs> bunch of... It was just a pipe cleaner inside It was Bendy. Yeah. I have that figure. Me too. I, yeah, have, yeah. I have it too. It's great. I, I, by the way, I like it, but now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, you charge the same price for him as you did for Spawn, and there's not enough there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, man, you, you you charge more for this over here, so you can cover the cost over here. It's exact. It's all a business. It's everything is a business decision, man. 
Yeah, that's fair. All right. Uh, Luke S eight oh Luke S six eight one. How about Oliver Grayson from Invincible? If you thought Damien was a problem child, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Asger's Web. Uh, I like when Bruce adopts Dick when he's eight and then trains him for seven years, so he becomes Robin at fifteen. I find it weird when he's so young as Robin. I think he would not do that because I think he thought it was easy. I think that Bruce is like, no. I did it. No problem. Here's the kid. And he's already got the gymnastics thing going. Yeah, Bruce. I think Bruce is arrogant. I think the most. I also think Bruce would be like, I can't give up as much of my time away from the city. So I, I think I like your theory, Sal, where he like he got him at eight and he spent two years. Right. But I think during the two years, there was a lot of times where he was like, OK, you're going to sit back in the Batmobile and you're going to watch me. Yes, on the job training. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that kid learned how to drive at nine. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian, that Robin kid learned that kid learned a lot of skills at ten that a lot oh, of ten year olds should not know. <laughs> no, although it's funny because I thought about this a lot. Where I'm like, what would I? It would I? Like when I was a kid, my parents were afraid of like the highway, or at least my my mom was. Uh-huh. Like, you know, like don't drive on the highway, and I'm like. I need to access the highway. I live in New Jersey. Where am I going to, how am I going to get anywhere? <laughs> how am I going to get anywhere? And, yeah. uh, but like my buddy learned how to drive at 14. Mm-hmm. They, they had a lot of land and a, and a lot of junker cars. So it's just like, just, just take it and go. And he was really, he was, he's excellent. He's an excellent driver. I learned to drive when I was 10 as well, because I lived in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. And many times, uh, the fields that my dad would be, you know, planting or plowing or whatever, uh, would be miles away, right? And and he'd need to take a tractor there or a truck there, and so he'd always be like, hop in the truck and follow me, and we'd always take like the dirt roads and drive at like thirty miles per hour. Sure, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. See, that's the thing is that I think I would want my kid, like I'd start training him at ten. To yeah, drive. yeah. So they're not scared. Just I mean, like it's so funny. Your story with the highways would be like if if you lived in L.A. and you were raising your kid, and you were like, you can't take the freeways, and you'd be like, How? it's going to take me seven hours to get yeah. anywhere. I won't get there. Like there are communities <laughs> that are just like a square. Yeah, <laughs> they're surrounded by freeway. There's no yeah. way. <laughs> um, Brian Rowland says, "Have we gotten to everyone's favorite sidekick for Spider-Man, the Tiller and Alpha? We did cover Alpha. Mm. I don't know the Tiller. I don't know the Tiller either. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, all right, I'm gonna go to the Google." Question Hound, how about Chaz Chandler from Constantine? Sidekicks by definition, I'd say. Uh, I would I would say that Chaz is a sidekick. A movie Chaz, absolutely. I don't know about in the comics. I think Yeah, he's... you're probably right on that one. Yeah. Uh, Red, Psycho Red mentioned slot, put Spider-Man and his amazing friends in his Fantastic Four run. Yes, he did. I have no idea who the teller is. Edith no. Edwards? Ethan Edwards? Hmm. I can't even find his first appearance, man. I don't know that. Marvel Knight Spider-Man number 13. I oh, no. No, no. I have no idea who this person is. I'm thinking, I might be thinking of the um, the Marvel Knights book in which he meets a Superman analog. But that's that's not that's not the right one. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Lockwork Alex, with all the things he's gone through, I'm genuinely surprised Rick Jones wasn't used in the MCU. Man has been connected to everybody. I think that's why. And I think like they were like, we have Coulson, <laughs> and then they killed him. Yeah, and, yeah. It, well, and also again, you, again, it's problematic in a modern story to be like this kid or this teenager is following us around, and there is very much the idea of you know this young kid just fall like we were making fun of it like why would this young why would this groupie be following the avengers it's weird and also it's dangerous it would be very weird the the mcu captain america would never let that happen no he would (laughs) he would punch him in the face yeah he'd be like get out 
Uh, Speed Vescu, shout out to Tick from or Arthur from the Tick, right on. Yeah. Aiden Fraser, Batgirl, so much better than next Batman. Um, okay. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, do you have an opinion about next Batman? Have you read it? I liked it. That was fine. Yeah. You that, know? That's the thing is that the worst thing it could do be is be mediocre. Mm-hmm. It's fine. The art's great, but it's, the art is I, great. I don't care. I'm looking forward to reading uh, Future State Nightwing today. Yes. Yes. There's a lot of books that came out today. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. uh, Tanner O'Neill, Robin's my favorite, and Tim is the best. He's the train. He's the true successor to Batman because of his mind. Dick follows different philosophies, so he shouldn't even take the mantle. That's why he became Nightwing. I kind of agree with that because you have to. Um... I've always said that Dick Grayson is influenced by three people. Mm-hmm. It's he's influenced by Bruce Wayne Batman. Yep. He's influenced by Commissioner Gordon. Yes. And the one that many people don't realize is he is influenced by Deathstroke more than you'd realize. Because you have to realize if you go read that new Teen Titans run, Dick and Slade have a lot of conversations yes. at a very formative time of Nick. So like, I think Slade is the big, res- the big reason why Dick like starts doing things differently than Batman. That's true. Where he's like, this dude is as capable, if not more capable than my mentor. Yeah. And Slade likes Dick as well. I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, that's true. Yeah. I, I think there's also, of course, the Superman element in there because, uh, Oh yes, you are true. You are true. But I, I you know, but like, Superman is like the uncle you visit on the summer vacation. Like you see him, you see him for like a weekend once a year. <laughs> yeah, like they, they, yeah, he never like lived with Clark yeah. and like learned stuff. You know, Slade broke into Dick's house like every week for <laughs> about a couple of years. Yeah, like that was Slade was like, I want you to be my son. Like I'm yes. saying something. Like uh, Kasanga Cherry Clark, yo, Mr. Sal, much love, and here's to a dope 2021. I can't kick it today. Hope I can catch y'all next week. For now, here's a 20. Also, soon huh. need to inquire about. A little spider character idea he told me about at Zap Comics a year ago. Well, I'll have to tell you about that later, man. Thank you. Uh, Ruben Gonzalez, what are your thoughts on the book Superman Smashes the Clan? <clears throat> Loved it. On the art, amazing. Separately, I think War Machine is a great sidekick to Iron Man. Yeah. I thought Superman Smashes the Clan was great. It was my favorite book, of, my favorite comic of last year. Gorgeous. I mean, it's yep. great hero. It's, uh, mm. you know, uh, great stuff. Uh, I don't think, I think War Machine started out as a good sidekick to Iron Man. I think he's finally become his own character i agree i agree i don't think he's a sidekick anymore which is what the best sidekick should do yes outgrow their mentor mm-hmm. uh just some guy with a mustache uh, have they brought up decoy yet are you talking about tiny tune adventures man do you remember back no. and decoy no okay in tiny tune adventures <clears throat> uh which was a cartoon <laughs> from 100 years ago sure uh, uh because they had the warner brothers license they did a lot of warner brothers references uh plucky duck loved Batman and they did like these parodies where he dressed as Batman and, and portrayed bat duck Hampton uh, was always a butt monkey. Anyway, he Mm -hmm. was decoy who was literally in a Robin costume, but it was a target on his chest. Uh, And that was the joke. So, you know, we're going for cartoons. uh, Yeah. And I think the answer to this is yes. Uh, is Launchpad McQuack the sidekick of Darkwing Duck? Absolutely, I agree. Oh, yeah, yep. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and is, did you know that they were in different universes from Darkwing or from Ducktales? That's like a Earth Two or whatever Dark uh, uh, Launchpad. No. Yeah. Apparently, according to like the people who developed Darkwing Duck, <clears throat> they're like, no, no, no. Darkwing Duck is not a successor and adjacent to Ducktales. It is a different universe. Then how does Gizmo Duck show up in both places? He's he's a he like Launchpad is like an ever constant, 
but it's not the same launch pad well, the same gift okay so i will say as a kid i was always like i wonder why Launchpad left scrooge me too or i, I to be honest with you as a kid i was like did scrooge finally fire Launchpad? pad um yeah. i no i don't like that they're on the same earth that's ridiculous yeah i, I just like i just assume to be honest with you and i'm only in the second season of the new ducktales so yes. no spoilers for anything um you know um they're doing a really good job in season two of ex they're setting up why Launchpad is going to leave and go to, to Darkwing Duck. And I think they're doing a really good job about that. Yes, yes. Mm. The, the way in which the new show is handled, yep. everything is amazing. Pretty, pretty solid. Yeah, no yeah. question. Um, I don't like that. No, no, no. no. The, this original multiverse DuckTales? Yeah. No. <laughs> the, the Duck multiverse, yeah. <clears throat> uh, Taylor Harris, I think, without a doubt, uh, DC does sidekicks the best. My favorite mm -hmm. show and favorite team has always been Teen Titans. Thanks for the content. Thank you, Taylor. Uh, yeah, DC does do sidekicks the best, but I think that's because they're like more. They've also been around. They've got twenty years on Marvel. That's true. On 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 the Marvel that we know, you know. Not only that, but they also like they had the time during a time when they thought it wasn't going to last forever. Yeah. So they're like, okay, give them more, make more, like replace it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I again, the legacy of DC is what I I love that about superhero yeah. comics. I love the legacy. Yeah. So, uh, Kevin Kruger is Abby Arcane a sidekick for Swamp Thing? <sighs> I don't think so. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't I, I don't know if Swamp Thing has a sidekick really. Yeah, I don't think Swamp Thing categorizes like that. Uh, Heartless Fang, don't know if this is a poll, but Maxine Gibson from Batman Beyond, Tech Wiz, and found out Terry. Yeah, I would. Uh, I mean, she's more a girl on the chair or support staff than I, I think sidekick. Beyond. But yeah, should have been. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I know. I know they did it in the comic books. Did they really finally do it? Yeah, they did. They made Terry's little brother the Robin. Uh So he's Robin Beyond. Okay. Did so. they did they establish that he's definitely Bruce's offspring because they re, because they recoded his mom? Uh, so it's so funny because I don't like that at all. I I do not count that in my canon. Um, but uh, I think they ignore that. I think most Batman Beyond things that are supposed to be post Rise of Joker or yeah. excuse me, Revenge of Joker, I think right. basically ignore that, which I think is a smart decision. I agree. It's a little weird. It is too weird. Um, no AO'd. Gotta read with Stan Lee. Sidekicks are too silly to me uh, for me. My favorite's Bucky because Brubaker retconned him to Winter Soldier to make sense. Um, I like that Cap's the only one who has sidekicks. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I always think, to me, it's just like, although there are no bad characters. So I would say there are no bad sidekicks. It's just that they haven't been given a good story. Because yeah. um, Bucky was a joke before yep. Winter Soldier. Everybody made fun of Bucky. Forever. Yep, and it, it was a standard joke to make fun of Bucky. So the only reason people think he's cool is because we've had 20 years of Winter Soldier. That's right. Yep. Uh, Valentino G, do villain sidekicks count? Like Harley Quinn is the best one. Oh, uh, yeah. Successful yeah. female sidekick, definitely. I would say villains can definitely have sidekicks. Oh, yeah. They um, more have mooks or minions. True. But they're still sidekick. Harley Quinn is definitely a sidekick. Yeah, Gaggy tried. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, Tevia says, is John Kent a sidekick? No, he's his son. Uh, well, Superboy, in the Superboy era, mm, I assume, yeah. Superboy, I think, is... So, yes and no? Because right. I would consider Steel a sidekick as well, which is weird because he's not. And I would consider yeah. Supergirl... You know, I think if you're if you're naturally tied to... Like, like that's why I think the Marvels are sidekicks. I think if you're naturally tied, then I think you are a sidekick. That's fair. Okay. 
Uh, Patrick Lawson says hi <laughs> to you specifically. He says, hey, Hello. Sal, Jason, good to see you. Hey. Uh, <clears throat> did he not Smith. say hi to you or he only said hi to me he, he was like only only he jason no, he said hi to me but he said it's good to see you oh okay all right it's not good to see you sal well i think it's good to see you sal well, i appreciate it it's good yeah. to see you too <laughs> angel smith would anya corazon count as a sidekick it was interesting how rather than being a sidekick to one hero all spider families are her mentors uh that was aranya oh yeah i was gonna say like i thought i was just about to ask you was that the weird spider was that the she was john burns creation right was she john i don't remember but i know she was Somewhere in that time period, though, is when she um... she was uh, yeah, well she she spun out of the other. Oh, that's right. Oh boy, that story. Yeah, she got her own other story. Like when she was Spider Man got that... a Wolverine claw. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was the worst. And yep. I remember reading it being like, "What's happening?" Yeah, I mean, I would consider her. I would say if you were on like the six one six Earth and you are a Spider character, you are a sidekick of Spider Man. Right. <laughs> yep. And you're super pissed off about it because they're all yeah. like really resentful of being part of that. Yeah, I mean, even I would consider Miles Morales a sidekick, uh, even though he, he, I know that's not the way he was originally created. But no. the way they're they're writing him now, he's the sidekick of Peter Parker. And look at the video game. The whole yeah. video game is about him being the sidekick of Peter Parker. Yeah. Uh, Meow Nian, uh, hi, Sal and Jason. What is it that companies are more willing to? Why is it that they're more willing to kill sidekicks and have them turn evil or relegate them to teams instead of just letting them grow? Um, because the sidekick is not in the title of the book. <laughs> That's it. They are expendable, but yep. also have the stakes of killing the hero. Yes, they because that way they can. Yeah, your your Sal summed it up perfectly. Thank you. Uh, I know you got to leave, so we'll try to blast through some more. Oh, uh, Dominic okay. Donovan, if you're comparing Alfred who sits behind the computer to helping to fight, is Oracle a sidekick or supporting? Both. I think Oracle became a sidekick, but she was also Batgirl. And Batgirl, I think, also is a sidekick. I think Batgirl's a sidekick. I think Oracle's the support staff. That's fair. Mm. Uh, Aiden Fraser, Honey Badger, is likely Marvel's most classic sidekick, like the vein of a Robin or Kid Flash. Yeah, I would consider Honey Badger a, a sidekick. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no Aode, does Hope Summers count as a sidekick for Cable? When she's with Cable, I would say yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that one storyline. I think I, that, right. that really great, uh, I think it's Dwayne Sorinsky. Am I saying that right? I'm not certain. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I really like that. I really like that run of cable. So, um, yes, I think she's a sidekick. Uh, Kane's World, would you consider Honey Badger or Jonathan Hickman Wolverine sidekick to Laura Kennedy? Uh, or Jonathan the Wolverine. I'm sorry. Uh, so, yeah, Honey Badger, yes. Uh, Jonathan the Wolverine, no. I don't know Jonathan the Wolverine. I don't know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Armando Villarreal says, great show, difference between sidekick and partner. Oh, see. Oh, yeah. interesting. Uh, most of that's age. Yes. If you're if you're around the same age as the hero, you're probably going to be the partner. If you're younger, you're the sidekick. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, just look at Roy and what yeah. his, yeah, and watch him grow and, and his reaction to that. Yeah, because uh, I don't care how many times Batman tells Tim Drake we're partners. Tim is the sidekick. That's right. Yeah. And speaking uh, of sidekicks... Yes, my sidekick Wash, the the, the big fat orange tabby, <laughs> just made a cameo appearance. Thanks for being in the show, sir. Uh, oh, uh, Taylor Harris is Grogu a sidekick? No, he's a MacGuffin. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> Will Bangs, not sure if you covered this, but Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen are they sidekicks or Bibbo? I became a comic pop fan from Greek Geek History Lesson DC Couples Pop. Oh, cool! Nice, nice crossover oh. there. Yeah. I think Jimmy. So, so it's interesting. So Jimmy, only because Jimmy had his own title 
for a right. long time. And because he fought superhero battles and that, that's the reason why I consider Jimmy a sidekick. Yes. Uh, but he's also part of the supporting cast. Lois is always supporting cast. Yes. You know, that, um, that's like saying like Jay Jonah Jameson is Spider-Man's sidekick. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't work. I, I know Jay Jonah like in Spectacular Spider-Man did some stuff. But, uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No, no, no. But yeah, uh, thanks, Will Banks. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bibbo is just a weirdo. I like Bibbo, <laughs> but he's a weirdo. Bibbo's <laughs> a groupie. Yeah. Uh, Elias Shockey, loving the topic regarding Duke. Oh, Duke. Do you think Snyder has cemented plans for him? I feel like he has a lot of potential, but now a lot of writers don't know what to do with him. No. Uh, Duke is a sidekick. I don't think Scott has any plans for him outside of shoehorning him into things because he knows nobody likes him. But uh, otherwise, yeah. Uh, if you read Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Dark Knight's Metal, mm -hmm. you will see what Scott thinks of Duke. Oh, uh, I didn't read it. What, what does he think? Can you, does he, he kill makes, him? No. Okay. <laughs> no, it's, it's worse. Him, he makes him very important. Okay. Interesting. I mean, I always got the sense that he... I, And without talking to Mr. Scott Snyder about this at all, I always got the impression that he wanted to make Duke Robin, and then he just... So he just wrote it into that anniversary issue and didn't clear it with DC. And DC yep. was like, what is this? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would not be surprised. Yeah. Well, and I remember when he was Lark for a minute, and they were like... Yeah, that was a bad name. But I, I'm not a huge fan of the signal either. I like the costume, but I don't like the name. No. No, I don't like it either. Yeah. Uh, I, but I'm... You know, it's funny. Like, I, listen, I don't want to I don't want to rag on Duke. My, pro my problem isn't with Duke. You know, I don't think Duke is a bad character. No, I don't either. I think that Duke is just like... You know what it is? It's like when too many people rush into a, into a place they're not allowed in or they shouldn't be in. And like Duke is the one you see, like the, the one you isolate is like, okay, it's time to lock the door. Like mm -hmm. you feel bad because Duke is the one where it's like, Hey, are there too many goddamn people in the bat family? Like, I think that was like, yes, the, the thing. He's, he's got the unfortunate like happenstance of being the last one to be added. And it's like, that's enough. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You're right. Like there was, there are, there are too many where it's like we have enough Robins. Let's focus on. I always thought Duke was the best when he was the leader of We Are Robin. Oh right. Um, yeah. Absolutely. He's he's got a cool action figure in that costume. I I actually really liked uh, uh, We Are Robin. So. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, I dropped it, so I never actually finished We Are Robin. I should check it out. I don't know if you missed anything, but uh, uh, but I, I just like the idea that there were these kids that were like creating this movement based on the Robins. I, when it launched, I was like, "This is a cool idea." Yeah, that's where I think Duke should have stayed because because there is a thing, and I don't know if you feel this way, but there is a thing when like Batman sanctions you that yeah. makes you a different character, and like there are too many sanctioned Batman characters. And also, I'm gonna put this out there right now. Yeah. I don't think in a million years that Batman would ever sanction Harley Quinn. Nope, no. nope, nope. Ba Harley Quinn is not in the Batman family. Nope, nope. Harley Quinn uh, and 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 Jason at this point, forget it. Yeah. But I think I, we're asking to fix that. Well, I, I think that the last time I was on here, we were talking about Event Leviathan. Yes. And I pitched you that I was like, I thought it was so much more interesting that Leviathan was Jason Todd. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And so when it was revealed that it was Manhunter, you were kind of like, Okay. Oh. <laughs> did, you, did you read Dark Detective? 
Uh, which one was that? That was the New Future State uh, Mariko Tamaki book. No, I haven't. I haven't had a chance to read it's that pretty one. Pretty solid. Okay. Uh, there's like the leader of the, you know, like the the beginning, like one of the like lieutenants of the magistrate. Mm-hmm. He's on like all the. He's on that Bat Family like what like you know pinup okay. that has Harley Quinn on it. He's like got a zero and a one on his face. Tiffany's like, I bet it's Jason Todd that he's in, that he's like he joined the magistrate and he's like running the. Oh, the interesting. Yeah, for me at this point. And I think Arkham Knight, the video game, proved it as well. Like, I, you know, I get what you were trying to do with anti-hero Jason Todd, but, like, he was so much more... Like, to me, I think it's so much more a fascinating story to be, like, Batman created the world's greatest supervillain. Right. <laughs> because because Nightwing is the world's, like, greatest successor to superhero. So it'd be interesting. The other Robin, the other son, is the supervillain. I agree. <laughs> Uh, Asger's Web, uh, thoughts on Pat Willems' R-rated superhero video. Have you seen it? I have I ha- not. I have not. Speaking of sidekicks, uh, mine is here as well. Hold on. Oh. C- cameras are always... That is uh, the GHL intern, Cat Brego. Hey! <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't watched it. No, me either. Mm. Uh, I've heard Red. Yeah, I've heard so too. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact, there's a R slash comic pop and R slash Jowen. I think... Uh, Psycho Red, I recognize your name, and thank you for being a longtime fan. Uh, I think Psycho Red is the one that set that up. I'm oh, not certain. Nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And no AO'd uh, Hummingbird for Kane, Scarlet Spider. I did not know that Kane had a sidekick. I didn't either. I know he went to El Paso. Like, that was the city that he was in, or whatever. I love his Scarlet Spider costume. Yes, me too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I see Hummingbird. Okay. <laughs> like that's all uh, we need to say on that i think okay. <laughs> but, yeah uh as far as sidekicks go i mean like the best ones are the ones that stick around yeah and uh and and have i think the best you can hope for a sidekick is that they become their own character that they they surpass the hero yeah and i also think that like um i i always think the best sidekicks are the ones that are developed yes not to be their own thing that that just happens organically yeah yeah yeah. um which is i think part of the reason why and if you're a fan of her i i love it and and great and ignore me um i you could tell right from the very beginning that ironheart they were they already knew her book was greenlit they were going for it (laughs) and it was whatever you know it it didn't happen organically like the minute she showed up you were like well we're gonna stuff her in a book as quick as we can or get her into an mcu movie as quick as we can 100 percent um you know but if they had just let her be in the the book made her a great character the spider gwen is the best example spider gwen was a one-off in an oversized one shot and then everybody was like who is this (laughs) yeah 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 i i completely agree and now she's in movies yeah she's in and and some of the best parts of that movie is her um i i I completely agree with you it's Mm -hmm. you need the time and it's like yes like tim drake got his own book because people were like they want more they want more of him and we can't like it's a batman book like Mm -hmm. war machine they want more. They want more of it. Put give yeah. his own book. I mean, Rhodey was in Iron Man for like a decade before they decided to stick him in the Iron Man armor. Yeah, they never thought like, oh, give Rhodey a book. He'll fly the helicopter by yeah. himself. No, he's. It was the same with Jimmy. Jimmy Olsen was around Jimmy for like twenty years. Jimmy Olsen, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen didn't start till the sixties. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, great time for Jimmy Olsen book too. Like, that's a. By the way, you want to talk about an underrated 
great DC Comics run. It is Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, the original run. It's from issue. It goes to it goes 160 issues and oh 25 of those issues written by Jack Kirby. No kidding. No kidding. He did a big he that when he was doing the fourth world stuff. He took over Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen because it was towards the end. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. he wrote like issues like one thirty. He didn't write the last ones, but he wrote like close. And so he took that book because they wanted to give him Superman, and he was like, "No, no, no, no! Give me your lowest selling title." And they're like, "Well, we're thinking about canceling Jimmy Olsen." And then suddenly he he like it was <laughs> their best selling book. That's dope. Yeah. Uh, Josh Burke, Peacekeeper, that's the name of the character we're talking about, is someone mm. else confirmed by Nightwing. Jason is a backup in the next Batman by Josh Williamson. Cool. Good to know. Uh, Heartless Fang, since they had a comic, Miles Tails per hour from Son of the... Oh, yeah. I think well, Tails is a definite sidekick. Tails is a total sidekick. I'd consider Knuckles a sidekick, too. I, I know even though he started as a villain, I yeah. consider him a sidekick. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Luigi? Uh, Luigi? Yeah, absolutely the a sidekick. The, the forever sidekick. <laughs> Waluigi? Waluigi? Big sidekick to Wario. Diddy Kong? Diddy Kong, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, so many video games. The bird from (laughs) (laughs) Banjo-Kazooie? The fish from Earthworm Jim? I don't know. Yeah, what the hell was that guy's name? (laughs) Oh, man, Earthworm Jim. Giggles, much love. Catch you guys in the replay. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, You know what? Special shout-out. I forgot about her, and I can't believe I did. Uh, Kate Bishop. Oh, yeah, definite sidekick, yeah. What's funny is I think when she was introduced, they were like, she ain't no sidekick. She's going to take over this book. <laughs> <laughs> they might have. I mean, that Young Avengers run is stellar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the original Alan Heinberg, writer of Wonder Woman film. <laughs> Alan yeah. Heinberg. Yeah. Uh, he, which I... one? Not the first one. The good one. Oh, good. Oh, great. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, good. he wrote the first one. He didn't write the he second one. one. Right. I think that was only Johns and uh, Jenkins. Patty, Patty Jenkins, yeah. Uh, the, no, there's a third script. There's a, Dave something. Um, he's the guy that's writing the new Mortal Kombat movie. All, oh. he, did, he did the last pass on it. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. It was okay. Yeah. <laughs> St. Lucia, I think Luke works because he's part of the Fox family. Oh, Luke. Uh, Batwing. Batwing. Yeah, I think Batwing is, the, is a definite... Psychic. I mean, I, again, it's like it's like with all the Superman characters. If you put the super or you put the bat on it, you're an automatic sidekick. sidekick. Yeah. Yep. Got Same you. with the same with the spiders. I don't care. Like if you're Punk Spider or whatever Spider, you're a Spider-Man sidekick. You know who I wouldn't have counted until they forced her to be one? Batwoman. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I always just saw her as a sidekick though. But yeah, then they like they they shoved her into the Batman family. But she was right. better when she was like separate. That's right. Huntress yeah. too. Just was one of those characters who like operated independently, didn't have a radio communique, but like worked with Robin sometimes. I I loved the Huntress. I really did because I liked that she was like this weird bat character that like like would flip off Batman and yeah. all stuff like that. I and then when they threw her in the Justice League, even though that's my favorite Justice League run with Grant Morrison, I was like, this is a weird choice. Weird choice. <laughs> uh, Jack Ingram, you missed my super chat from the beginning. Sorry, Jack, I didn't mean to miss it, but uh, I had to catch up with all these other ones. Uh, you know what it is like? It, can you the, not the, go? Can you not scroll back through them? No, it eventually, if you have too many, it uh, not too many, but like if you have uh, a lot, the chat recycles. Okay. But uh, if I go into like the monetization section, which is how I like tried to recoup some of that. Um, we do that, but uh, yeah, man. Uh, are there any that we forgot or that we neglected to mention or that you want to like reiterate? Oh man, I don't know. I mean, Aqualad, maybe 
yes, I, he is one. I don't care about Aqualad. I'm the same. Uh, I'm like really quickly scrolling uh, my notes. Uh, speedy. Okay, speedy. 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 It's uh, funny. I, it's weird how Speedy was not related to Ollie. Yeah. And then they introduced his son who shoots arrows. Connor Hawk. Yeah. I was like, what is happening? Connor Hawk, who is not really a sidekick. No. <laughs> but I bet you think he is. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? You know what? I'm this is this will be the perfect one to end it on. Um yeah. this is a person who is definitely a sidekick and did not exist in comic books and has now like become a great character in this mythos. Uh John Diggle from Arrow. Oh yeah. John Diggle is an fantastic sidekick created for Arrow, and the character was so popular and played so well that they they have now retconned him back into the comic books. And to be honest with you, I think he's a great addition to the Green Arrow mythos. Totally. No, yeah. that's a great point. Wow. Good pull. Yeah, yeah. Good pull. Um, all right. I found Luke's or Jack's uh, okay. uh, super chat. Hello from Scotland. I just listened to Jason's Superman stories episode. Oh, thank you. Now, curious as Americans, what do you think makes Morrison and Miller's Superman so great? They're both Scottish writing the most famous American hero. I have a definite theory, but I'd love to hear yours. I think it's because I think it's the same reason why Garth Ennis wrote such a definitively American run on Preacher. Mm -hmm. And it's because you because you're not American, you have the opportunity to look at what America can be instead of what it like is boots on the ground. I agree. I agree because they're they have the outsider view of it. They can see outside the fishbowl, whereas we can't. Yeah. Um. And I think yes, they have this perception of these American concepts, yeah. um, that are more idealized, which of course work better for comic books. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anarchic arachnid. My spider sense was tingling at the mention of punk spiders. Hey there, you two. Scarlet was an interesting anti-Robin concept. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I agree. Scarlet Spider, de yeah, definitely the, the very first Spider-Man sidekick, I think, basically. Uh, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there were other. The I know the Amazing Friends were before that, but like when I mean, you think about Frogman once, but like you know, there's a yeah. lot of Spider-Man does not. I bet I, I bet Stan said at one point like never give him a sidekick. Yeah, yeah. Well, because he's he, the loner. He's the loner. Yeah, yeah. Never put him on the Avengers. <laughs> And then they did. And it and worked they, out great. I love New Avengers. But, uh, uh, I think New Avengers is great. I think, they, yeah. And then they're like, throw Wolverine on there, too. Why not? <laughs> yeah, put on the murdering psychopath. They'll love him. Captain America really loves him. Captain America's going to like this guy who stabs people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They teamed up in that iconic Jim Lee cover. of. <laughs> they did. I mean, well, I mean, we joke about it. They're going to make that movie. I can't wait. Spider-Man and Wolverine and whatever new version of Captain America and Doctor Strange and... Yeah. Miss Marvel, there will they will all be in a movie called New Avengers. Uh, they better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think we'll get Young Avengers before we get New Avengers. I agree, I agree. But like New Avengers, this has like the perfect title, and they <laughs> and as Disney has proved, you put Avengers in the title of anything, it makes a billion dollars. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Just don't get too greedy. Don't, try not to get two billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. Last but not least, Samurai Poet Seven Thirteen Pat Duggan, aka Stripesy Sidekick of Star Girl and Star Spangled Kid. Yeah, yeah. And when Star Girl started out, she was a sidekick. That's right, she was. Yeah, yeah I always consider her to be one. Mm -hmm. And finally, Arachnic Arachnid, uh, not Scarlet Spider, but Scarlet Jason's sidekick. That's who he's talking about. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Right. Uh, thanks everybody for hanging out. Listen, before we go, mm -hmm. let's talk more about this Kickstarter. Yes, uh, super best friend. 
You can go to superbestfriendcomic.com. You can see my, my other tabs. I was looking up as people other things. Uh, that is the cover. George Kamadais is the artist. And we have uh, right now, uh, where's the goal? Oh, we're at $5,000. we are $2,000 away from the goal. So if oh, we get crap. there today, you, there. Yeah, you know you can get it. But uh, I have this thing uh, right now. If we reach $5,250 uh, in the first 48 hours, everybody gets the second story that I ever wrote with Captain Terrific called Thief and the original piece of art that George ever drew of Maddie, which is that piece right there, which is really great. Um, if you like superhero comic books, you like any of the thoughts I've ever said right here, uh, look at this art. Go support Super Best Friend. I think you'll enjoy it. It's a 48-page comic, everybody. How many ads in it? None. Mm -hmm. Not a single <laughs> ad. Not a single ad. Uninterrupted pages. Yep. Some well, ad. like I have this on the Kickstarter profile, uh, but it's something like, you know... Um, you know, you, when you, people, I, I've always heard where, you know, because Kickstarter comic books are always a little bit more expensive, right? Because, you know, we have to pay for everything. And we do that because when you make a Kickstarter comic book, you're doing that because you love making comic books. Yes. Nobody's in comic books to get rich. Nope. Believe me, nobody's in comic books to get rich. Regardless, it ain't happening. I've <laughs> heard from people who don't have any idea how comic books work. Yeah. Uh, trust me, it ain't. Yeah, but uh, yeah. superbestfriendcomic.com. It'll be available until February 18th, and uh, come come check it out. If you'd like to click the link, it's in the description below this video and in the chat right now, so we'll see you guys next time. Jason, thank you so much for being here. Uh, check out the website, and uh, hopefully we'll see you again soon on this show, man. I hope so, too. Thanks for having me, buddy. It's a pleasure. So long, everybody.